the TV fans are taking over. This is Across the Airwaves. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Across the Airways, the podcast dedicated to giving weekly TV show episode reviews, along with news and opinions on the entertainment industry. I'm Dan Schmidt, your host, and with me is a guy who wants those mother-freaking snakes off his mother-freaking plane. And with me is a guy who I just cannot believe has put up with me for 200 episodes of this show. And with me is the Quatsit to my Sherlock. And with me is a guy who is into all the cosplay that goes on on the Comic-Con floor. And of course, with me is the guy who stopped a nuclear bomb from going off in New York City with absolutely no idea what he was doing. And with me is a guy who knows not to fall out of helicopters when wearing a Santa suit. And with me is a guy who is always ready with a grenade. And with me is a guy who plays a really mean Max Guitar. My co-host and Jukebox Hero. And with me is a guy who has not been replaced by a Zygon. And with me is a guy who thinks it was about time for Heroes to wrap itself up. And with me is a guy who is shocked to discover that his former master is Darth Vader. And with me is a guy who has Hero Horta Party, thanks to the X-Files. Get with me, because the guy who just wants to believe. My co-host. Hey everybody, it's Nico, and welcome to Across the Airwaves. On this week's episode, we're going to do something completely different and special. We're going to honor and remember our fallen hero, our fearless leader, our best friend, and co-creator of Across the Airwaves, Dan Schmidt. For those of you who have not heard, I'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you that Dan passed away on July 26th due to complications secondary to his muscular dystrophy. While this was not a wholly unexpected possibility with his disease, it was still quite sudden and unexpected. We as his friends, family, and podcast family took some time to grieve, say our goodbyes, and then began to think how we could best honor Dan. Michael and I thought that a memorial episode where family, friends, and listeners all called in to express how special Dan was, give some stories about Dan, and a few anecdotes on how each person met and knew Dan would be perfect. So that's exactly what we've done. Joining me for this very special episode is my friend, longtime contributor, and co-host of the podcast, and lifelong friend, nay, I should say family member of Dan's, Michael J. Petty. Hey guys, Michael here. For those of you who don't remember me, because I haven't been on <laughs> as of recently, I've been with ATA since the beginning, basically, going on six years now, which is awesome, and I've loved every minute of it. I'm so grateful to Nico here and my fellow ATA co-host for this opportunity to pay tribute to Dan, and I'm glad we could all work together to honor him here. As Nico said, we had a cross areas are getting together for the special episode dedicated to and about our friend Dan. Throughout this episode, we'll be playing voicemails sent to us from Dan's friends, family, our podcast listeners, and even ourselves here at ATA, sharing how they met Dan, how he inspired him, and some of our favorite memories, Dan. So throughout the episode, Nico and I will basically be serving as game show hosts, moving us along from one voicemail to another, along with sharing our thoughts, memories, and personal stories uh, with you about our friend. Yeah, exactly. As Michael and I mentioned earlier, this week's episode is going to be completely different from what we normally do. As you heard from Dan himself in the introduction, this is a podcast that focuses on the news and opinions on the television and entertainment industry. But this week, we're going to be remembering and honoring the man who created Across the Airwaves, first as a blog for a screenwriting class, and later with me into the podcast network it is today. And I plan on telling that story later. But first, Michael and I were both at Dan's wake and funeral, and we got to talking with Dan's brother and sister, Joey and Katie, who you'll hear from 
later as well about how we could continue the work that Dan had started. And eventually Michael and I began talking about doing this episode. And that was where we came up with the concept for the episode we're doing right now. And there could be no better way to kick off the episode than from Dan's parents, John and Sherry Schmidt, who sent us my absolute favorite voicemail we got. I just love it. Hey, this is Dan Schmidt's parents. John and Sherry Schmidt. First, we want to thank all of his listeners and especially his co-hosts for all of your support over the years. He truly had a passion for what he did, and his goal was to never disappoint any of you. He worked from 9 in the morning until 10.30 at night, making sure he made deadlines and covering things he thought his listeners would enjoy. He went to Columbia College in Chicago, but much of the podcast he learned on his own by trial and error. He had a vision and always wanted more in life. He loved to talk, he loved stories, and mostly he loved people. It was the perfect job for him. He was a man of many words, so editing was difficult for Dan. It all was important to Dan, and he never wanted anyone to feel left out. There are many stories over the years about Dan. One of my favorites is when he was in first grade. He told me he wanted to be the Red Power Ranger for Halloween. I said, Dan, everyone will be a Power Ranger. Let's think of something else. And he said, no, I just want to be like everyone else. Dan, you could never be just like everyone else. You're an extraordinary young man that touched many people. Then we did not even know. We were honored to be your parents, and your memory and our our love for you will live on forever. Hey, Dan, someday we'll meet you across the airways. You, you are, are our superhero. Oh, man, I just absolutely loved that message, and it really made me happy when I heard it. A little misty-eyed, or as Dan and I like to joke, it got a little dusty in the room when I heard that message. Yeah, I mean, John and Sherry's voicemail is incredible. I almost burst into tears hearing it the first time, and it, every time I've listened to it, I've basically done the same. They were literally the best parents that Dan could have ever asked for, and they were always there for him and did whatever they had to do to make his life just a little bit easier. But what strikes me the most about their voicemail, though, is that they knew on some level, as we all did, that Dan wasn't just for them, or in our case, just for us, Nico. I mean, he'll always be their little boy, their firstborn, but they understood that Dan did so much for everybody and was an inspiration to everybody he came in contact with. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that and I loved when I I saw that you'd written something like that and I was I was like oh man Michael you just nailed it absolutely Dan was so much to so many people so next up we're gonna have a message from Joey or I I guess I should really call him Joe now but when I met him 13 years ago he was Joey and Dan always called him that when we talked about him so I'm gonna continue to call him Joey probably for the rest of his life anyway Joe talks about what a great big brother Dan was to him that doesn't surprise me in the least because Dan talked about Joey and Katie all the time he loved his little brother and sister and if he was half as good of an older brother as he was a friend, he'd have been the best brother anyone could ever ask for. And I I think Joe and Katie felt that way. So let's hear it in their own words as they talk about what a great big brother Dan was. How's it going across the airwaves? I'm Joe Schmidt. I'm Dan's little brother. Dan was eight years older than me. And for the past couple of weeks, everyone has been reminding me how badly he wanted a little brother for those eight years before I was born. I guess he prayed for me every night. And when his prayers finally came true, he felt like he was the luckiest person in the world. But to tell you the truth, I was the luckiest person because I got the best big brother I could have ever asked for. Dan was my superman. Every day was an uphill battle for him, but he rarely showed his frustrations and he was always ready to put up the fight. He never used muscular dystrophy as an excuse of why he couldn't do something, but instead he used it as motivation to accomplish his goals and to inspire others to never give up in their dreams, no matter how big they are. What gave Dan the confidence that he could make a difference and make the world a better place was his faith and the stories of superheroes. I will cherish our times he spent sitting next to each other at church, watching Smallville, Arrow, and The Flash 
together and taking him to the movies. These times are special to me because after each show, movie, or mass, you can see him become inspired in a new way and see his faith get stronger in himself that he can and will make a difference. He knew he might not have the physical abilities of most superheroes, but he knew he had the power of words on his side to inspire others, and that is why writing and across the airways was so important to him. What most people don't know is Dan also loves sports, and he was actually the reason I fell in love with sports, and I can't thank him enough for that. Growing up, he used to tell me stories about the Bulls in the 90s and how much fun he had watching them. We watched every Bears game together in 06 when they made it to the Super Bowl, and in the summer, we had tears of anger and joy for the Cubs. Hopefully, he will be the one of many to help push the Cubs into the promised land. I can't thank Dan enough for being the best role model and big brother to me. Every day for 21 years, he was always there for me no matter what. He always knew what to tell me in the good times and the bad, and always put confidence in myself that I could succeed no matter what I was chasing. I hope we can use Dan's story to help keep his legacy live on and to also help inspire others in the process. I will leave you with one quote that I believe explained Dan's view on life and faith perfectly and how he would want others to approach life as well from one of his favorite Superman actors, Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve said, So many of our dreams at first seem impossible, then they seem improbable, and then when we summon the will, they soon become inevitable. Gosh, I just love that Christopher Reeve quote that Joey quoted. I mean, it fits Dan's character so well, and I'm so glad that Joey mentioned two other things that were so important to Dan, his faith and sports. I mean, we all know him here for being a big superhero, comic book, TV, movie fan, and he definitely was those things, don't get me wrong, But and maybe even above all. But he also had his own faith, and I was very privileged to talk with him about that on multiple occasions, and I, I always love those conversations. Plus, he did love sports. I mean, football, basketball, baseball, he enjoyed it all. And like you said, Nico, Joey and Katie were, I mean, they were Dan's world, and he adored his younger siblings so much more than most older brothers do. I mean, if I could be half the older brother to my younger brother and sisters that he was to his, I'd be a very accomplished man. Indeed. Now, next, we have Katie's voicemail, and I just want to say before we play this, one of the things I first prayed after hearing about Dan's passing was that the Lord would send his spirit, the comforter, to the Schmidt family. And I believe Katie's story here is a prime example of Lord in his goodness and mercy comforting those who mourn. I mean, Jesus said it best during the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And I'm sure Dan is very pleased at what Katie is about to tell. Hey Across the Airways listeners, this is Katie Schmidt, Dan's little sister. I just wanted to share one of my favorite movie memories that I had with Dan. One of my favorite movies that I would always watch with Dan ever since I can remember was Uncle Buck. We both love John Candy's humor, charm, and new way of doing laundry. You all know what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. Dan and I could go back and forth with lines from the movie, and we would laugh at the jokes as if we were watching the movie for the first time, even though it was our 29th time watching it. One of our favorite parts in Uncle Buck was when Marcy, the lady who lived across the street, would come over to flirt around with Uncle Buck. The one time Marcy came over in the movie, she started seductively dancing with Uncle Buck to the song Laugh Laugh. He starts trying to dip Marcy, and they both end up smacking heads. The song Laugh Laugh was something that Dan and I would always sing to one another and laugh about. So, I was having a bad day at work about a week ago. I was feeling sad about Dan's passing and nothing seemed to be going right. I was talking to Dan the day before and I asked him to give me a sign that he was doing okay and to let me know that everything was going to be alright with our family. So, right after I just got finished with a difficult customer, the song Laugh Laugh from Uncle Buck came on. Right then and there, I knew that the song coming on was not a coincidence. It was Dan telling me that he was okay and that everything would work out for me and our family. The rest of my night at work went uphill from there because of Dan. It was like he was telling me to laugh away all my tears. 
I wanted to share that with you listeners to give you hope that Dan will be watching out for all of you because he lived to keep the podcast running for each and every one of you. Thank you for all you did for Dan by listening to his podcast and giving him hope throughout the last few years of his life. And to Dan, thank you for all the laughs we had together and always supporting me in everything I did in life. I couldn't have asked for a better older brother than you. You are an extraordinary person, and I couldn't be prouder to call you my brother. I love you more than words can say, and I can't wait for the day that we are reunited to watch Uncle Buck again. Oh, I love Katie's story about the song coming on and just making her day so much better. It definitely got a little dusty in the room again when I heard that one, but it was just so beautiful as well. Well, and, you know, watching that movie from now on will always make her remember her brother. And that's that's a really cool thing. I mean, even just one thing like that. And I mean, everyone has a lot of things with Dan, probably. But just the way that she talked about Uncle Buck, even when her and I were talking before the funeral, I mean, she it was all about Dan. And it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I wanted to start off my time by telling the story of how Dan and I met. We met back in 2003 at the Muscular Dystrophy Association summer camp at Camp Duncan in northern Illinois. We were both assigned to the Duncan House, which was the oldest boys' cabin at camp, and it just so happened to be both of our first years in that cabin. Mine as a 21-year-old first-year attendant and counselor, and his as a 16-year-old camper who was now old enough to move up to the oldest boys' cabin. Despite me being assigned to another other camper, Tony, aka T-Bone, Dan and I immediately hit it off because we both were feeling slightly out of sorts and the odd man out since all the other campers and attendants had been to camp before and been in the oldest boy's cabin for years as well. Dan and I bonded over our uncomfortableness and started a friendship that lasted more than 13 years. The following year, MDA summer camp went through a major change when our camp combined with the Rockford camp and rather than being set at a rented out summer camp like it had for so many years before. We were now in a tower dorm at Northern Illinois with only two elevators for the whole dorm. Unfortunately, Dan and I were once again not matched, but rather I was paired with a new camper from the other camp, the Rockford camp named Casey. But luckily Dan and I were once again in the same section and floor of the dorm. So we continued our discussions on TV, films, comic books, and of course the Cubs. The following summer, MDA once again combined camps, this time all across the state as they combined the northern and southern Illinois camps into a single camp at Timber Point Outdoor Center, or TPOC, in central Illinois. I, once again, was paired up with Casey, and Dan was for the first time not in my cabin, because I was now a cabin leader of one of the other cabins, and they shockingly split the older boys' cabin in two. Dan had the very unfortunate experience of being paired with a first-year counselor that was absolutely terrible, possibly one of the worst in the 10 years I did camp. So, so bad, in fact, that much of the week he ended up seeking me out just to hang out with Casey and I and do whatever we were doing, which was fine by me because by this time, Dan and I hung out a number of times on our own, and I knew his needs, and we had food, bathroom, and everything pretty much locked down. And it wasn't anything to me to just be able to hang out with my friend at camp. Plus, I didn't have to deal with the terrible counselor he was assigned because he almost never was around anyway and he may even have been sent home halfway through the week but that could be another year and I'm getting it all mixed up they they tend to blur together <laughs> after that experience Dan and I decided that that was never going to happen to him again and I became his permanent attendant for the next four to five years 
essentially until the summer I was in Africa and couldn't come home to go to camp and Dave took over for me. Dan and I have so many great camp memories, but in reality, our friendship was really solidified by the hours long conversations we had three to four times a month in between camp. Finally, when Dan was in his first semester of his senior year at Columbia in the fall of 2009, and I was in Arizona working for the Army, he was assigned by one of his screenwriter professors the assignment to create a blog about television. Dan decided to write reviews on the shows he watched every week. When the semester ended, he'd put so much time into that blog, he didn't want it to just die on the vine, but knew it with his senior thesis film and screenplay coming up in second semester, he'd never be able to keep it up. So what did he do? He called me up and asked if I could keep writing the reviews on the shows he and I discussed weekly anyway, like Chuck, Supernatural, and a few others. And that was how I started writing reviews for the blog. After graduation, Dan came to me and asked, hey, do you know what a podcast is? Which surprisingly enough, I did as a year or so earlier, I had begun listening to Nerdist, NPR, and Adam Carolla's podcasts on a pretty much daily basis. Dan said he wanted to start a podcast talking about TV shows and asked if I would co-host it with him, covering the shows we already watched anyway, and add a few new shows in the fall. And that essentially is how Across the Airways was created. We didn't know anything about podcasts, publishing, WordPress, or iTunes feeds, burning a feed, any of the stuff we would eventually become experts in. Between the two of us, we taught ourselves and many others along the way everything we needed to know to put together a pretty damn good podcast product. I know Dan and I both have been very proud of what we were able to accomplish together. Over 266 ATA episodes, 56 new DC Nation episodes, 68 now 69 original DC Nation podcasts with Michael and Dan, 20 Thrones cast episode, over 20 ATA special episodes, multiple live episodes, and two different Marvel podcasts with I think at least 30 episodes each. We also produced and published Michael and Wu's Longbow Hunters and Tangent Time podcast. We survived a number of complications and hardships, none the least of which included me living overseas, then living two time zones later on the West Coast, a major case of corporate espionage by a former co-host who we taught everything to, to later have him lock us out of the social media and website account for what amounted to a hostile takeover of one of our shows, and more than once finishing recording an episode to later realize that the recorder failed or crashed halfway through the episode. But really, there was no one else I would rather have gone on that crazy ride with than Dan. When the questions started to come up, are you going to continue? How are you going to continue? What is ATA going to look like? When those started coming, I was really hesitant and didn't know if I really wanted to continue without Dan. I could not see doing it without him. ATA had always been about talking TV, comic books, and movies with my friend. We just happened to record it and publish it as a podcast. It really was not until I talked with John and Sherry and also Joey too at The Wake that I got the sense that they wanted it to continue as well and thought that that's probably what Dan would want as well. So when Michael asked me if he could host the DC Nation with me and we talked a little about what that would look like, I started to see what it could look like going forward. Essentially, it will still be a bunch of friends sitting down and doing exactly what we had been doing before, essentially the same thing. Most of my best memories of Dan revolve around our long discussions about Batman, Fringe, which to this day were some of our best out there, off the wall, crazy, impossible theories that came true moments while watching TV. Our discussions about Green Arrow, Chuck, Supernatural, and of course, Person of Interest, not only on the podcast, but also both at camp and just in our weekly phone conversations. Now, I could talk for 
hours about Dan and Dan and my friendship and all the discussions we had. But I think rather I'll hand things off to Michael for a bit instead. Thanks, Nico. All right. Wow. So I've known Dan a very long time, longer than most have actually, and surprisingly. Longtime listeners of this podcast probably already know this, but I've known Dan literally since the time I was born, which means I've known Dan for about 21 years now. My grandpa actually met Dan's parents through the banking industry. Uh, Dan's folks babysat my mom. My mom babysat Dan. Uh, Dan was in my parents' wedding. Uh, and his family, minus Katie, of course, who's younger than I am, was all there when I was born. So the funny thing is, his brother Joey and I, as we're about the same age were actually the ones who were friends first and for the longest time we would hang out and play with action figures run around outside and even we were in, even in a bowling league together but and in the wake of dan's death uh, we got to reconnect a bit which i'm beyond overjoyed about and hopefully that'll continue in the future but i always talked to dan and was always inspired by him uh, we would talk superheroes comic books and in fact dan actually got me started on watching television with the small episode justice when he sold me on the fact that the justice league was going to be in live action and i just got ecstatic uh dan was studying film at Columbia in Chicago, and from an early age, I loved movies, so now I'm studying film at Montana State University. Dan really got into Smallville, Supernatural, Chuck Ranch, etc., so I got really into those shows. Dan listened to the Smallville podcast that he semi-based ATA off of, so I listened to it. I mean, there's so there's so much more, so much history, so many memories. Uh, we went to Chicago Comic Con together, the Wizard World one. We met Lou Ferrigno together. We saw all three Star Wars prequels in theaters. We podcast. I actually looked this up, which is kind of scary that I actually went through and counted all this, but we've been on 156 podcast episodes together. We've worked on his graphic novel together. We started writing a Power Rangers film together before they announced that Lionsgate was going to make one, and then we kind of scrapped that. We talked about life, friends, family, the future, and what it had in store for each of us. Uh, and really, Dan was always there. I mean, he was there for me in ways that other people, you know, a lot of other people were, but it, it was always just different with him for whatever reason. I mean, I remember about a year and a half ago, my dad was in the hospital because he had had a major heart attack. Dad was actually dead for 10 minutes. No heartbeat, nothing. By the grace of God, he was saved. And he's good now, and he's up, he's up and moving and running around, and like nothing ever happened, which is awesome. But one of the nights we were in the hospital, Dan called me, and we spent about 45 minutes to an hour on the phone just talking about you know podcasts, random stuff, and Batman vs Superman, and anything we could do to try and get my mind off of what happened because he cared, very genuine care. In fact, the last podcast episode we actually recorded was a decination on Batman vs Superman, which would not have been more perfect podcast for him and I to finish off on. We did a lot together, and in just about every respect except blood, Dan was my older brother. And he was the one I looked up to, asked questions, wanted to hang out with. And even now, I find that every time I watch an episode of TV, read a comic, go to a movie, or even learn something new in film school, he's the guy I immediately want to share it with because I don't really get to do that with hardly anybody else. And one of the most important things to me was making sure that I knew what Dan believed about eternity, not because it would change my faith, but so that I would be sure which direction he was headed once he passed. And because I always knew how lucky we were to have him as long as we did. Uh, when talking about the Bible, Jesus, faith, eternity, he told me that he believed in all of it, uh, that Jesus was the savior, but what really inspired him were the superheroes he read about, watched, and emulated in his actions, words, and thoughts. And I believe Dan is with Lord in heaven now because I know what he told me he believed. I know he's free, and I'm very happy for him. Uh, very sad for me and for everybody else, but I know he's free. Uh, Joey said it earlier, and I'll echo the words here. Dan is my Superman. And, I mean, you see, anyone who knew Dan knew that he didn't see himself that way. He saw himself as that normal, everyday Peter Parker, Spider-Man type guy, and he was okay with that. But in reality, and he didn't even understand it, he was Superman. He was trying so 
hard to blend in as Clark Kent. And that's just who he was. That's why I take the character of Superman very seriously. And when I hear people say that he's a lame character or overpowered, um, I don't like it because ultimately I know who Superman is and I know that that S stands for Schmidt, as in Dan. Actually, I was having a conversation with my mom not too long ago, who you'll hear from later on in this program, and I was telling her how Dan never gave up and no matter no matter what, I could never give up either. Not on film, not on any... I don't really have an excuse to. In fact, in the same conversation, she brought up something to me that I had never really realized or even registered in my mind. And part of the reason I looked up to Dan so much was that he had a disability like I do. I mean, don't misunderstand me here, guys. I don't have muscular dystrophy and I'm not confined to a wheelchair. Uh, I can walk and I can kind of run, but I was born without kneecaps through some genetic abnormality. And because of that, my muscles and ligaments in my leg form differently, causing me to not really walk correctly. In fact, I can barely run. And I'm not here to make this about me. That's not the point. But what I will say is when my mom made mention that we both had a disability, something none of my friends ever had growing up, it really hit me because Dan never saw MD as a disability for him and he would never call himself disabled and neither would I. So I guess on some level, I get that from Dan, something that I didn't even realize connected us for. It's awesome. And I mean, there's so much more I could say, so much more I could talk about. There's a lot of great memories and there's a lot of, just a lot of inspiration from him that I got. But I'll end my chapter here with this. I am so grateful to have been such a small part of Dan's life and I'm grateful to have had him be such a large part of mine. Michael, I love that sentiment at the end. Each of us were but a small part of Dan's life because he gave so much to so many and meant so much to so many that each of us could only be a small part of his life. But because he gave so much and so freely of himself, he was such a big part of our lives. That is so beautifully put. We're going to start playing some of the great voicemails that we got from all of our listeners and friends of Dan's. And the very first person to send us a voicemail was Dawn Burns. And she tells us all about how Dan changed her life by being instrumental in helping her meet her husband. Dan and I both became friends with Dawn through Muscular Dystrophy Association Summer Camp. And Dawn was one of the first people who reached out to me in the moments after learning that Dan had passed away. Here is Dawn's voicemail. Hello, this is Dawn Burns, and I am calling to do a recording for Dan for your upcoming podcast. Again, this is Dawn. I met Dan in 2006 at MDA camp. Immediately, I was impressed with his kindness and his sweet personality. We quickly bonded over our shared interest in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and really all Joss Whedon things and a shared love of Veronica Mars. Dan has had a hand in changing my life completely. As many of you know, he convinced Zach, his roommate in college, to come back to camp after many years of not going since he was a young child, and this is what allowed me to meet Zach. We met at camp in 2008. We became good friends after camp and started dating, and eventually we got married last September. Without Dan, I would have never met Zach, so I'm forever thankful to him for this, and I know he was very supportive and encouraging in our relationship. Some of my favorite memories are all of the game nights and pizza parties that we had at Dan's house. His family was always so welcoming to us, and he was really a big part in bringing all of these people into my life. I've been able to meet so many fun and interesting people because of him. I know that we'll all miss those times and I really hope that we are all able to still stay in touch and get together a lot and and keep those relationships strong. I'm going to miss all of our TV conversations and movie talks and of course those beautiful blue eyes and his love and encouragement to Zach and I. He was always really there in our corner for us and we will never forget him. Thanks for the opportunity. Bye. Don and Zach's story is definitely one of my favorite dance stories. I mean, come on, that is awesome. I mean, I just 
can't get over how cool it is that Dan introduced these two and they actually got married because of it. Literally without them or without him, they would not be together today, which is such a testimony to who Dan was. You know, Dan bringing people together, as Zach will say in a minute. I mean, Nico and I wouldn't even met if not for Dan and I wouldn't even met anyone on the cross series if not for him. Even Wu, who I only know, well, who I've known for about seven or eight years, but I only know because Dan was the one who told me to listen to the Smallville podcast, which we got introduced through in the first place. So it just, it's incredible what a testimony that is to who Dan was. Yeah, exactly. And up next is Dawn's husband and one of Dan's best friends and roommates from college, Zach Gadsden. One of my best memories of Zach and Dan together would have to be the weekend we went to see The Dark Knight and then drove up to the Hoppy's house to camp out in a tent in their side yard for a post-camp get-together and all the shenanigans of that weekend. It was a lot of fun. Hello, this is Zach Gadsden. I met Dan at MDA camp when I was really young. I did camp for three years as a child and then decided to stop going for a while. I'm not sure why, but I did. Then Dan came back into my life when I when I was in college. Uh, he visited my room when he was touring uh, for Columbia College Chicago. And then after that, he began to come to school and we became great friends. And he actually convinced me to come back to camp. Uh, coming back to camp was actually one of the best decisions that I had ever, you know, chose to do because it, this was, camp was, MDA camp was where I, I actually met a woman who is now my wife. And I've met some great friends who I think will be, you know, friends for life. And I really appreciate, you know, him convincing me to do that because I don't know where I'd be at this point. In terms of like maybe how Dan inspired me, I wouldn't say Dan inspired me directly, but I, I think he inspired me in the way that I observed the things that he liked to do. He was very passionate about, you know, comic books and, you know, movies and things like that. And I know he wanted to do a lot of things like that, you know, personally and, and professionally. And I think that's where he, you know, he, he's gotten across the airway started and began. So I really, uh, you know, think that he inspired me of things that he did. But I would also say they supported me in the decisions and the things that I, I was really passionate about. Uh, there were many things uh, that, you know, or many memories that me and Dan uh, shared together. And it was a lot of them were, were college stories. I won't go into too much detail about that, but it was just, it, it really shaped a, a great friendship uh, when we were at school together. A lot of laughs, a lot of fun. It was, it was, it was amazing. One thing I really did appreciate, though, was the way that he was able to bring people together. Along with that, I, I think it was also a family kind of goal was to bring people together. They, uh, we had multiple parties and get-togethers at his house, and I really appreciate his whole family for, for opening up uh, their house to us. And so that was, that was a really great memory. And so I, I guess I should wrap this up. Uh, I, I really, the past few weeks, I really had a struggle to put it in words, how much Dan really meant to me, but I really appreciate this opportunity to spend or share my life with such a special guy. I, I will definitely miss him. He, he was like a brother to me. Thank you for listening. Now, I mentioned before that I was Dan's attendant for quite a few years until in 2011, I was unavailable because I was in Africa. And Dave stepped up to be Dan's attendant from that point on. Both Dan and I had known Dave and his brother Jim for years from camp and had often attended their ski bash party together. As both Dave and Jim mentioned in their messages, they may have met Dan at camp, but their friendship with him extended well beyond camp. This is Dave Novolinsky. I first met Dan in 2004 at MDA Summer camp. Dan and I hit it off immediately. We attended several MDA camps together and eventually made the move to Horizon Camp. Dan in 2009 and myself in 2010. In 2012, we were finally paired together as camper and attendant and they weren't able to separate us since. Dan has inspired me so much with his actions. He decided what he wanted and he went for it. He kept after it until he succeeded and he always kept a positive attitude, moving toward his goal. I learned so much from him. My favorite memories are obviously from camp, with 2016 being my most favorite. We got to go on a a boat ride. We went to all the activities he wanted to go to and we even got to see him go up in a hot air balloon with his sister Katie. I'm going to miss those opportunities but I cherish the memory. Thanks Dan. I love you. 
Hi, this is Jim Noblinski calling. I was calling to uh, leave a message for Dan uh, Schmidt's tribute. So I met Dan Schmidt through uh, Muscular Dystrophy Association Camp, and um, we did camp a couple times together there, and then more recently uh, we renewed our friendship at the Horizon Camp, Association of Horizon. And also we became very good friends there. Uh, my brother David has been his camp attendant for the past five years, um, so David and I would uh, get a chance often to hang out with uh, Dan uh, while his folks took um, his sister Katie and his brother Joey to school uh, or went for uh, Katie's uh, dance recital. So uh, we had a lot of time to, to hang out and spend time with Dan. And, and therein lies um, some of my favorite memories of Dan. <clears throat> uh, my favorite memory of Dan is just hanging out in his family room talking about superheroes, uh, specifically Green Arrow. Uh, he got me to watch that and he says I should be watching The Flash and I still haven't started watching that, but I'll probably be ca- catching up with that in, um, in some of the repeats and on demand. Uh, Dan inspired me in life with his uh, let's do this attitude. So even even if he was having uh, maybe not the best day, his uh, let's get this done, let's do this attitude has inspired me many times when I'm having a, what I think is a tough day and I need to get something done and I just think of Dan and get that done. So anyways, uh spent a lot of great times with Dan. I uh, really appreciate you doing this and uh, thank you very much. Yeah, both Dave and Jim mentioned Dan's let's do this attitude. And that was always one of the best things about Dan. No matter what you told him, he was always going to accomplish whatever it was he set his mind to and that never really changed. Awesome. You're right about that, Michael. Now, unfortunately... Vicky's great message, which is going to be next, was a victim of the voicemail mailbox limits. And I'm not sure she knew she got cut off until it was too late. But what we got of it was absolutely great. Vicky is a great friend of Dan's from MDA and Horizon Camp, who always lent him a helping hand, a listening ear, and was a sounding board for his ideas. She was very active with him on the board of directors of Horizon and helped him plan many of the activities that he loved at camp. For me, Vicky was always one of my favorite people at camp because early on, she was probably the only female counselor that could match the ridiculousness, loudness, and craziness of the older boys' cabin with Joe, Ryan, and myself leading the way. I remember in 2008, Dan and my last year at MDA camp, before we moved on to Horizon, Vicky showed up one afternoon or evening dressed as a dirty hobo with a beard and moles, and it was just absolutely amazing. Her dedication to the campers, making them laugh, having a great time, and her do-anything attitude was everything to the campers and the rest of us at camp too. Anyway, here's what we have of Vicky's message. Hey, this is a message from Vicky for Dan's special Awesome Across Airways podcast that is currently being assembled by the rest of the Awesome Across Airways cast production team. And so I just want to leave a message talking about how much Dan meant to me. And so here it goes. So I met Dan, actually I've been trying to figure out when I met Dan. It was either in 2005 or 2006 at MDA summer camp. And so since we were the same, we're the same age, um, but I was paired with people who were a little younger. So we, we didn't do a lot of interesting that first year, but the second year, and this is my favorite memory of Dan, actually, we discovered that Dan had really excellent and amazing and highly coveted eyelashes. And they were long and luscious and thick and beautiful, and they curled so amazingly on their own. And so once the, you know, the rest of the girls who were in my cabin found that out, of course, we bullied him to letting us put mascara on him and so there's a lot of really fun photos of us when we were all a lot younger maybe 2006 2007 of us just taking his eyelashes and mascara and he was such a good board about it and he really just went for the team and it made a lot of the girls in our cabin really happy to be able to do that because everyone wanted to have his eyelashes for themselves and so the least that we could do is at least put mascara on him and pretend that they were ours and it was really fun so there are some really fun pictures of that and as far as how Dan inspired me I would say he really just made 
made goals and then set them. And I think that what speaks most loudly to me in this area of his life is just his goal to create a film and show it in for an audience. And I worked with him pretty closely on the film that he recently created for the Association of Prize and 25th anniversary. And so we've been working pretty pretty closely for a few months, or for the few months that led up to the showing of his film. And we had a lot of fun doing it, and he was really fun to work with and easy to work with. And you could tell he had a vision and he had a plan and he had all of his ducks in a row to figure out who was going to do what and how they were going to do it and when things needed to be done. And he had a really good schedule. And he was really helpful in keeping people on track because I've never worked on something like this. And it was a totally new project for me. And so he was really helpful. And you could tell like he just knew exactly what he wanted out of the film. And then when it all came together and we showed it at camp, it was just amazing. And there were over 200 people in the audience, maybe even almost 300 people in the audience watching the film. And you could hear a pin drop. Everyone was just silent. And then it was a funny moment. Everyone would laugh. When it was a more meaningful moment, people would cheer up. And it was just beautiful and wonderful. And then he was so awesome and sent everyone home with a copy of the film. You know, it's so funny. Everyone always talks about Dan's eyelashes. And I'm ashamed to admit that I never really noticed until now when I look back at the pictures. Isn't that funny? I mean, I do have to say, I haven't seen The Rise and Villain in its entirety. He's only shown me bits and pieces, and I've only watched bits and pieces. But I know how glad he was going to his first big production. Up next is one of Dan's friends from high school and college. I've heard Dan speak about Colin numerous times, and I know how much he meant to him. It's so cool to hear from someone who knew Dan in the context of high school and college, as opposed to being through the podcast or camp or anything like that. Because I'm sure Colin has some very interesting and exciting memories of Dan that maybe you and I didn't get to experience, Nico. Hello, my name is Colin Hendershot. I was friends with Dan since both of us were in high school. We went to college together. I was his roommate and assistant for about three years. We knew each other for about 13 years. My relationship with him was very simply that I was his friend. And Dan inspired me by helping me know that what you love is what you love. And Dan loved the things that he loved so much. And all he ever wanted to do was share them with people. That's why he started his podcast. And that was why he spent time around everyone he did. Because he just wanted to share. And he wanted to help everyone love what they love just like he loves what he loved. It's going to be hard for me to say what my best memory of Dan is because we have so many. I spent half my life with him, but I have to say my best set of memories comes way back before, you know, either of us have done half of what we've done now. You know, we hosted high school retreats together and my best memory of Dan is that, you know, before he ever grew to the point of, you know, finding his voice, he was able to provide inspiration to people by giving speeches and just spreading the word of the word of God and the word of happiness and the word of inspiration because that's really what he was he was an inspiration so i'll miss him and i feel bad for anybody that didn't really have a chance to be touched by him uh, i remember when dan did a short in college about halloween and he asked me to act in it i honestly don't remember who was all there maybe colin was there maybe he wasn't but dan was directing with the help of his buddies and he asked me to throw candy back at his dad so i was supposed to be a kid who was not happy with what he got on halloween and i did and i actually think i either hit the camera or i almost 
almost hit the camera, but the guys freaked out, and Dan was just so calm. It was really funny. It was definitely a fun experience, and I'm sure people like Colin who knew Dan in those situations and those contacts have a lot of those stories. Yeah, you know, I am a little jealous that I never got to experience that part of his life, and these guys did, and I'm, I'm so grateful that Colin talked about those times and, and added that aspect of Dan's life to this memorial, because it was absolutely one of the best parts of his life was going to Columbia and hanging out with those guys, and I know Colin was huge for that. He was his roommate for three years at college, so I mean, that that is amazing. Next up, we have some of the Marvelverse podcast hosts who got together to discuss Dan, how they all met him, how long they've been friends, discuss some aspects of working with Dan on the podcast, and things like that. Hilariously, I feel like I have to introduce them to you because they didn't do a very good job of that themselves. So here are Nikki Amy, Steve Nostro, and Wu S. Kim with some thoughts on Dan. As some of you know, if you follow our social media accounts, either our individual ones at Marvelverse or our Across the Airwaves Twitter account or Facebook, a few weeks ago, we lost our leader, our executive producer, the creator and founder of Across the Airwaves, and our very good friend, Dan Schmidt. Most of you didn't know that Dan had muscular dystrophy and had been confined to a wheelchair for a good part of his life. And sadly, due to complications from his muscular dystrophy, he passed away. And it's been a really difficult couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so if, if you can't tell, it's been hard for a lot of us. And I'm going to be doing a lot of the, the moderating. This is Lewis Kim's voice you're hearing. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of the moderating because, and I always strive to be honest. I knew Dan, of course. He was friends with one of my podcast partners, Michael J. Petty. But I really wasn't as close to him as as Nikki and Steve were. So I'm going to be doing the, more of the moderating. And let me just start off by saying my initial impression when I first heard about what happened to Dan... I had known that his health wasn't good, but I don't know, I don't know if this is like a United States thing only, but when you know someone's health isn't good, you don't start off a Facebook message or an email saying, so how's your health doing, you know? You, you just don't do that. Like, obviously, like, I knew from the Facebook photos that some of you have seen that he wasn't doing well, but I didn't want to, like, say anything to him about that because it's just not kosher, but I was not expecting what happened happened to happen and it's kind of surreal for me mainly because again I knew Dan but I wasn't as close to him so it was kind of just shocking and it's surreal just to just know that like he's still on my Skype he's still on my Facebook one of those weird things you know yeah he he did like to talk about his health so he never posted about it I talked to him multiple times a week either on Skype or Facebook Messenger mostly Skype and he never once mentioned it and I always it was something I used to worry about just because I know what muscular dystrophy is and what it does. But he was the most vibrant, active, just get up and go guy you could have ever met. I mean, I, I never met him in person. And that was something we always look forward to doing one day. But his health just never became an issue. And because he didn't reflect on it, so nobody else did either. I knew some things that had happened if, but, that if he wanted to share, but 
it it was like you said boo it perfect word it was it's surreal because he's still i still look at my facebook and it says dan schmidt active this many days ago and, and it, oh i'm sorry go no on. go ahead no and, you go and ahead. it's like and, and i think it's the first instance for me that in this age of social media where something like that has taken place where like i just got an email from him like two weeks before and he's still in our you know facebook group chats and i've, I've experienced that before I lost my mother like a month before my 18th birthday but it wasn't it wasn't like this you know where you still see somebody's presence literally still there you know like religious people talk about I still feel somebody's presence but we still have Dan's presence physically like in our social media accounts so it's rather odd that way I remember we he and I went to the same camp horizon camp and got home sent him a message and saying how I hope you got home all right and he said thanks I'm fine everything's good and then the next two days later I, we get the news and it's just just like you guys said it was a it was a real heart punch to me he and I were really close I consider him my best friend but uh yeah it's just if someone was ever bothering him, he wouldn't tell you. You would have no idea if, if he was having trouble or not. So yeah, he he didn't like to burden other people with his with something he felt was just his to. He was so independent that it's like he'll take care of it. And as often as he and I talked, and occasionally his health would come up, but it was mostly I'm going to the doctor, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. I have you know a problem with his with his wheelchair. So I I'm jealous of you, Steve, because you got to spend time with him and he you know i saw the pictures from camp and he was so excited about the superhero theme and i helped him with that and i just was i expected that at some point that week after he got back that he and i would be having a really long skype conversation about camp or about the graphic novel or or all of the above because our conversations often went off the rails at some point into what other subject because we had so much in common and I miss that conversation that will never happen. I'm jealous of two things. I'm, je- I'm jealous of, I mean, I'm, I'm always honest and sometimes brutally honest. In in a weird way, I, I envy Dan right now because I know he's in a better place and finally he's free. He's finally able to use everything that he can when in this world he couldn't. Because like I've said in posts before, I'm much more Iron Man or Daredevil and Dan was very much more Steve Rogers. Dan, Dan was such a m- much more of a better person than I'll ever be, and I'm je- I'm jealous of the fact that he's in a place where he's not bound by anything, and I'm happy for him in that respect. And I'm and like I said before, I'm also jealous of him just because he was such a more he he had such a better outlook on life than I'll ever have because he was exactly the same way because he was such a good person. Like he never yelled, he never yelled, and he never chastised anybody. And on a personal notes i regret a couple things with dan i regret and this was before you guys time so you won't know this and michael and nico are really the only ones that know this and i've never said this publicly before i blame dan for a lot of things that went on with the podcast when he brought a certain person who i'm not going to name thank you because this person should be ashamed of themselves for for what they did and that's where i'm just gonna end it but i did blame dan for a lot of the, the interactions with this person I put a lot of blame on him and I realize now that I shouldn't have and I feel guilty that he and I were never never able to sit down and hash it out 
and it's not something that I beat myself up about, but I do feel guilty, and I'll remain guilty of my feelings for a while. I, I know it's not, I know it's not my fault, I know it wasn't his fault, but I wish I could have handled myself better in that situation. Yeah, he, he knew, Lou. He, he knew, and he never held anything against you, I can tell you that for sure. No, Dan couldn't hold anything against anybody, he was always so nice to everybody. He would go out of his way just to be nice to someone. And even the he who should not be named, and I won't give him the power, and I won't let him interfere, that name interfere with, with this. Yeah. Yeah. He never held a grudge. He never was hated. He, Dan just, it's like, it happened, it let it go, and we were able to laugh about it, af, you know, after it happened, and yeah. that's just who he was, and he helped me because a lot of stuff went down with that, and a lot of it was done to hurt me, and we never talked about that with anybody else, but he taught me how to let let it go before I was would probably have done it in the past because his outlook on everything was always positive. He was the most positive and supportive person that I think I've ever known. And that's what his legacy should be. I agree. I think it should be this pod the podcast network across the airwave uh, because we're keeping it going and his graphic novel, which we're continue and finish. Yep. And it should be the mission that we started out with which was to provide a place with across the airway where anybody of any ability could express themselves creatively either through writing or through podcasting or editing or technology in any way and give people who didn't have a voice a voice and that is what we strive to do here and we as a network are people of varying capabilities and varying I guess you could say issues <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> And those of us who are able-bodied believed in Dan's vision more, I think, than he knew. Because we, through Dan and through our other experiences in life, wanted what he wanted to, which was everybody to have a voice. Whether, you know, you're disabled or you're able-bodied or you're, you've got, like some of us have, you know, mental health issues. Not naming names. <laughs> that's Nikki's passive-aggressive way to say me, but that's okay. No. <laughs> I've been very, very forthcoming with my struggles with pressure and anxiety. So, but we all believed in it because it, before, and he just made us believe in it even more. To that point, I think if there was one negative thing to say about Dan was people would take advantage of his kindness, and and that's yep. what makes me mad to this day about the not just the person that we mentioned earlier, but there are certain other people that you guys don't know, but Michael and Nico know that took advantage of his kindness and took advantage of his just propensity just to help people and that's I mean this is just me speaking now that's what makes me mad at these people to this day and what really do, like, turns me off to those people to this day just because I know how helpful he was and how willing he was to help and they just told Dan to buzz off and you know just mind his own business which I don't think was very fair to this day I don't think it's fair no he I think those of us who are very generous with our time and, and our emotions and our willingness to help and I've been I've gone through that too being the same way and that's something Dan and I always bonded over was we were very similar especially in that way whereas people tend to kind of take advantage of those people like us because we are so willing to do whatever we have to to make other people happy and sometimes to our own detriment or to feel involved which which yeah. is why we're, we were so willing to help and which is why we're keeping this going quite frankly 
frankly, because, you know, we didn't want to just pack it up and say, you know, he's gone, we should pack it up. No, we should at least yeah. dip our toes in the water, see if it still works, and see if we could do this without him. And, you know, like, it's really, it's really hard for me, me to say, because then comes with so many mixed emotions, because of the, just the usual stuff that you feel. But let's move on to, like, something a bit more positive. Um, favorite memories of Dan, or just memories that stand up for all three? Steve, go ahead. Wow, there's just so many, even, <laughs> there's so many things that Dan did for me that I don't think I can even go through so many. He, he got me, I was not in a good place mentally when he first came and started asking me to uh, join the podcast, and I thank him every day for getting me out of my, my bubble and my little box of a bedroom and getting out there and talking and just giving my opinions to TV shows and movies that he and I loved over the years. That's probably what I'm going to take most of Dan. Just every memory that I have of the good times, which is more than I could ever be thankful for. I also have just so many memories, so many great moments with him. And while we were never in each other's presence physically, I, I still consider them memories of our time together. And it's mostly just the conversation, just the way from the day one, we were immediately friends. From the first time I talked to him on Skype, doing my first episode as a guest on what became Marvelverse. And we just had so much in common and we could talk for hours and did so... Those are my memories. Okay, actually, that actually brings me to a good segue. I like I like doing segues. Just, <laughs> just keeps the energy going. Exactly. Um, segues. What were your um initial meetings or or how did you first meet them? And Steve, you said you first met him at camp. What was that like? I think I I met Dan in '98 at MDA camp, and wow. it was instantaneous. How. Like Nikki said, how quick you become friends with Dan. It's like, that was his superpower. His, <laughs> he, he could just be friends with me. Oh, hey, Steve, how are you doing? All right, right there. Click. I was friends. It was just... Yeah, he'd always address somebody by their first name. And, if, yep. and Michael told me, like, one of the telltale signs of any good person, Michael didn't tell me this, but one of the telltale signs of a, a good person is that he'll say hi your name and look you right in the eye. That was Dan. <laughs> And and that that's how he dressed everybody. Like, um, I'll 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 go last because mine's a little bit longer. What were what were your initial meetings of Danny? I was contacted on Twitter because I had a large following with the Agent Colson Army on my Twitter account, I Heart Colson, and I had the cast following me. And I was contacted by someone that we've just we're not going to talk about much yeah. anymore. If I could help promote the podcast, and I said sure. I'd never listened to podcasts. I I still don't listen to podcasts. Sorry, guys. It's just not. I have. I just well, that's my rule. Like, I never even listen to the things that I'm on because I, I, I officially, I really don't listen to anything I'm on. Yeah, um, I listen to podcasts, just not the ones I'm on because I was there. <laughs> I know what I said. We're, we're exactly. going to listen to this, to this again. So we figured out a good episode to come on, and I and then after I'd given feedback for the podcast, and they I guess would read it at the end of the episode, and they Dan and the other person uh, agreed that they would ask me to join. 
one episode as a guest. So I said yes, and I did. And uh, that was the first time I talked to either of them, like, without Twitter. And the next, they asked me to come back a guest on the next episode. And so I did. And before we started recording, they said, hold on, Nikki, we're, we're, we need a, we need to talk about something. And I was like, okay. So I just waited and I came back. They came back and said, okay, we have a question we need to ask you. And will you become a permanent co-host? That's awesome. And Dan just was so positive and told me how much of a great reaction they had gotten to me from the first one and how he loved talking to me and that I brought something that they couldn't, which was a deeper knowledge of Marvel and comic book and pop culture in general. And I think Dan didn't give himself a lot of credit for what he knew. And I think that was something that was a part of his personality was he didn't give himself as much credit as he deserved. And I don't think anybody really does except they're narcissists well, and that, I've that was said, it. I've often said the people that give themselves the, themselves the most credit on something are usually the ones that did the least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we well, know that for sure. Whereas I, I think it's because like Dan didn't give himself enough credit because he knew he already had the credit anyway so he didn't have to brag about it. I think some of it was that and I also think that he never really thought that what he that he was just doing what he does. He didn't think of it as anything more or different or special he just was who he was and I don't think he realized just how incredible that person was and the how how incredible he was as a human being and I know there's a tendency when somebody passes to sanctify them or to make them something that they're not I'm not gonna and I said this before I'm not going to disrespect my friend he was not perfect we did not agree on everything but in the end we were friends we were good friends we respected each other immensely we relied on each other and we accepted each other for exactly who we were and without blinders on without rose colored glasses and that was something you always got with Dan was he accepted you fault and all and he wasn't perfect and we're not trying to say he was and we're no, not trying we're no. not because that's to me like I said I'm not going to disrespect my friend by making him something that he wasn't and yeah. he would hate that yeah and just to pull the curtain back on this I was the one when these tributes on ATA were announced was a little lukewarm about it because I, I was trying to look at it from Dan's perspective or do the, the best I can from Dan's perspective and I asked myself would he really want this? I don't think he would want this to happen but I guess it's out of his hands in this, in this instance this well, one time. I could tell you that through losing other people in my life and I'm so sorry that you lost your mom Lou, but my, mo- and my mother has worked in the hospice field for decades and before that she was in long-term care and so we she dealt with loss a lot and she still does you know as we get older we lose the people around us and she taught me something very important when I said I don't think this person would want and she says it's not about what they would want it's about what we need we all needed to come together and remember our friend and yeah he would be uncomfortable totally Dan would hate it he hated having it like attention put on him he was such a group person but he was a leader whether he wanted to admit it or not he wasn't just the leader of the podcast of our network which is so behind the scenes he was a leader and in life and from everything i've heard from his from other friends of his and people who've gone to camp with him who've reached out he was as much as he wanted to blend in at camp he was a leader there too and i so i was going to ask you steve what was camp like because i he's not here to tell me yeah for this year yes oh my god it was amazing we had um 
a hot air balloon this year that could take you up, uh, I think it took us maybe 100 or 150 feet. And Dan on that thing, he loved it. I got on there, I was scared out of my mind, but he's one of the people that got me to go on it. And, uh, so that was really fun. We had, it was just more of just the, just how we can all be relaxed and just hang out and talk and just and go outside wherever we, wherever we want and not have limitations. It was just, and then the movie he made for, for camp this year was amazing. He finally made the, um, the movie that he had always wanted to do. And I'm lucky to have a copy of it. Oh, I need, I, he talked about that so often and I, I got little bits of it that he would send me and I was just so proud of him because it was something I knew he wanted to do for so long and a lot of people don't know that he has a degree in screenwriting yep. from Columbia at college and not the one in New York people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Nothing against them. Yeah, I, no, nothing against them. Yeah, I took, I took, the first time I ever met him, it was like, that was one of the things, like, wow, you went to Columbia? And he, he was quick to correct me, he was like, no, 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 not that Columbia. Not that one. <laughs> Whereas most people would just let that lie and just like, well, you could, if you want to believe I went to that Columbia, you go right ahead. Hey, but Dan was like, no, League. No, no. Yeah, but I, trust me, Steve, I heard, he would tell me all the problems with that film and all the trouble he was having and, I I sat through it all with him and helped him like cause like hey let's just what about what if we do this what if you contact this person and do it this way or and I was his sounding board for a lot of things and I know other people were too it wasn't just me so I think we should sorry go ahead no I just I'm dying to see the film you know I'm gonna try and get you a copy I th- I always after hearing Steve's hot air balloon story <laughs> I always had the sense that. Dan had this gleam in his eye where he just wanted to fly. Like, he, if he could just say, flame on and fly, he would. Like, <laughs> and that's- and that's why I don't, sorry. And I think, and I don't, and I think that's why he wasn't scared about going up in that hot air balloon. Cause like, even though he would never complain about it, even though he would never bring attention to himself about it, he was confined much more than I, I am in a wheelchair. He was a lot more confined and he didn't have a lot of freedom on his own. There's a difference between freedom and independence. And yeah. I don't think he never had the freedom that he, that he always wanted. And that, that's why I think he loved going on that hot air balloon. You should have seen a smile on the kid's face. <laughs> he wanted to be a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely he is. He wanted to fly. He's That's literally why. Superman in my eyes. Yeah. If I was at the funeral, I would have, like, picked, gone to a comic shop and got Captain America's shield and tried to put that in there with him. <laughs> they, they had him in a Superman shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it had ripped out of his, ripped out of a suit and it was underneath. It was pretty amazing. I'm so glad his family got him. Yeah. And it's something I told them in a note was most families in their situation might have tried to keep their child safe and in a wrapped in cotton and not let him experience things because they were so worried and they just wanted to keep them alive as long as possible but Dan's family encouraged him to do to get out and I'm everything. Uh, and I'm glad they did that because looking at it from my perspective I think that's where my rebellious streak kind of <laughs> kind of like formulated <laughs> to be honest because I was like I was so sheltered by my father to the point where like you know I don't 
don't think I have the health issues in terms of the, like allergies, seasonal allergies and stuff that I have if I didn't, if I wasn't out. So maybe I, if I experienced the world with the, the naivete of a child rather than like the jaded, the jadedness, even though I'm not sure that's even a word of adolescence. I, I think I would, I think I, I think I would have like looked at the world differently. And I think that's basically like the difference between Dan and I is because Dan always, probably because his family was so supportive of him. Yeah. He always and looked at things like the glass half full, where I'm over here as Tony Stark saying, man, I w really want to punch you in your perfect heat. <laughs> like, how can you look at life like that? But again, that's why he's a, a much better person than I, than I ever was or am. But like Nikki was saying, he and I got, got into a lot of disagreements, never arguments, but disagreements about how this podcast should continue. Like Nikki he was saying he wasn't perfect like we didn't get along always he and michael didn't get along always i don't know his relationship with nico but like there, there were there were a lot of disagreements like i want to re reiterate that again he wasn't perfect and yeah he, he wasn't he's the last person who would say he was or that anybody was perfect but he saw people with the best eyes best intention exactly he believed in the good in everybody and there were some people, of course, that he and I would, like, people in the public eye or something, and we'd just go, oh, my God, that bastard. Yeah. Oh, we would, we could talk for so long, but... Yeah, I would, loved, I would love to have heard his... Always positive. I would I would have loved to hear his opinion on Taylor Swift dating Tom Hiddleston right now. Oh, no. he'd be throwing up in his mouth. The future yeah. the future queen of Asgard, the, no. the Swift no. Squad. This, is, stop this it, thing. you're ruining it. No, stop, that's not going to last. Her no. relationship don't last. You never know. You never no, know. No, it's not gonna last. Oh, he'll be here. I only, I only, I only yes, say that. I'm just waiting for the song that she's gonna write when they break up. I only say that because Hiddleston is is a man among men. He is different than a lot of the other men. He she's, is dreamy. Yes. <laughs> But but going back on my first memories of Dan, it was the hundredth episode of ATA in general. Nico, the the, per, the person we won't mention, Michael and myself, and that was the time that all of us were all to, were on the air together. And the episode went way longer than intended because the person we won't mention had a tendency of putting himself over and talking a lot. <laughs> Nikki knows exactly what I'm talking about. I am so glad I never met that person. He I don't not, know who you're speaking of, but I'm glad. This person would not let you get in a word edgewise and half the time you wouldn't understand what he was saying anyways, but that's where I'll end it. <laughs> But the memories I remember of that was, it was just fun. We laughed a lot. This was around the time that Jeff Johns wrote the Robot Chicken episode of DC Comics Robot Chicken. The first one, the much better one, by the way. Yeah. And he, he and Michael were talking about that. And he, he was talking about how the, his relationship with Michael started, the relationship with Nico started. Camp was mentioned in that episode. On behalf of everyone here at Marvelverse, uh, who couldn't be here with us today, James and Josh, and uh, everyone at ATA, uh, thank you guys for all your support and for the wonderful messages after we announced Dan's passing. Thank you, Clark and Simon Cassinitis, for the personal messages you sent me and to everyone who, and Ann Foley. And so uh, we're going to keep it going. It's going to be a good thing. It's what he wanted, and it would make him happy. So that makes us happy, even 
in our grief. So if you guys have messages of uh, your memories of Dan if for listening to the podcast, please share them with us on Twitter. Or you can go to agentcolsonsarmy.tumblr.com and share them on the Army Tumblr or across the airwaves and on Facebook and Twitter. Yes. So, and uh, thank you for listening to us. My name is Wes Kim. I'm Nikki Amy. Yeah. I'm Steve Nostro. Okay, we love you, Dan, and Excelsior. Good night. One thing Lou said here that Dan's father actually said at this burial is that Dan is free now. He's free from the chair. He's free from muscular dystrophy. He's free from everything that ever knocked him down. And I know what he told me he believed. And based on that faith alone, I know where he is. And I'm, you know, I'm so grateful for that. I'm very grateful that Nikki, Lou, and Steve uh, will be able to continue the Marvelverse show in Dan's memory because I don't think there's a better group of people who he would have liked to have continued the show in his absence. Also, Lou said something that I've been thinking for a while, which really speaks with our palatability as co-hosts for about five years. But he said, would Dan really want this, as in this podcast episode that we're doing right now. And to be frank, no, I don't think he would have. I think he probably would have hated the concept that this whole podcast would have been about him. But to be honest, I think, and I think you'll agree with me here, Nico, this episode, although it's totally about and for Dan, is as much for us here on ATA, his friends from Horizon, college and high school, and his family, as much as it is maybe more so than for him. And I think that he would be okay with that and he would respect it, especially if he had heard this show for himself or had been at his own wake, funeral, or burial where he could have heard what he meant to so many people people and how much people loved him. I mean, I just wish I could tell him even now how much I love him and appreciate him. And But just as his sister told me, he already knows. And Nikki's right. We shouldn't be memorializing Dan or making him something that he's not. And I completely agree. He wasn't perfect, but you know, when something didn't go his way, he would get super frustrated about it, especially when dealing with former podcast hosts, who apparently is Lord Voldemort now. So, but he would get upset about that. I know because I was literally sitting right there at, at times where he would rant about it. I'm sure you were too. But overall, he was still everything people said, have been saying he was and well I mean at least you know yeah I'm sure Dan would be wildly uncomfortable with all the attention that this episode is bringing him and all the nice things being said about him and while we are not memorializing him as you know people have said we, we shouldn't I think all the great things that people have said just show what an amazing guy he was sure he wasn't perfect none of us are but Dan was a great guy and was much more patient than most of us so when he did get frustrated over or even fully pissed off you knew it was something serious like his dealings with Lord Voldemort. So why are we doing this episode if Dan would have been wildly uncomfortable with the attention? Much like a wake and funeral it's to honor the dead but also the ceremony, the ritual, and the traditions are meant to comfort the survivors and those who mourn his loss. So why are we doing this episode? Plainly because I needed to do it. I thought it would honor my friend and I thought his family would love to hear again just how special Dan was to so many and I hope that's exactly what we're doing. So so as we continue, we'll hear from both Joshua and James, who have been a major part of the Marvelverse podcast and covering the Marvel aspects of Across the Airwaves over the last year plus. But neither was able to make it when Nikki, Wu, and Steve got together, so they each sent in a great message on their own. Joshua has been great enough to also help us with our social media accounts and beefing up our presence all across the web. And James has been a great third voice on the Marvelverse podcast to keep Dan and Nikki honest with their theories. Here are their messages about Dan. Hi, this is Josh McCray from McCray Management and co-host of Marvelverse Podcast on Cross the Airways. Leaving my voicemail contribute to Dan Schmidt, who I wish I had met. I've only known him online, only known him on the phone, and we have good long talks about future of Cross the Airways, about geekdom, and about life in general. And when I found out that he had passed away, I actually cried, which I rarely do. I will miss him very much, since he really was a girl. He meant 
meant a lot to a lot of people, but to me, he was somebody who inspired me to want to do better, to go out and start things. He's the one that helped inspire me to start my own business, which I've done. And he made me want to do better uh, for my fellow geeks as well in helping them out. And he and I had great plans for across the airwaves. Now that he's gone, it's a sad, sad world, and it's making it very hard for me to want to talk about anything geek-related, as he was the one that I talked with. Sam Schmidt, you are missed, and I want you to know that one day I look forward to meeting you um, wherever that might be. Best of luck to Cross Airwaves, and my condolences to the family. Good night. Hey guys, this is James, occasional co-host of the Marvelverse podcast, and um, this is uh, a question about Dan that I wanted to answer. I met Dan through Marvelverse podcast because um, I know Nikki, and I asked Nikki if I could be on the podcast, and Dan graciously um, said yes. And I mean, beyond that, that was really our only relationship was occasionally like bouncing ideas off each other on the podcast. But even though I didn't know Dan very well, I know much about him. Like, and to be honest, I didn't even know he had a disability for the longest time because I'm the most um, observant person in the world, but. Uh, like he inspired me even before I knew that because like a guy who could balance putting together these many podcasts and all the stuff that he did and then finding out that he was able to do that with a disability that just like yeah that was amazing and um, I think my favorite memory just with him or just the memories that we shared when we were recording the podcast because he was always such a smart and observant guy and he always had the coolest ideas and like he just always knew how to keep a bunch of people who um, just like talking to each other like focused and, and he just brought people together in a lot of ways like he just let people have their voices heard and I think that's actually kind of awesome like that he gave that he like allowed me to have this platform to share my ideas every so often I think that's kind of awesome so yeah thanks Dan it's just so cool to see how Dan touched people's lives even when he hadn't physically met them I mean these guys who talk about you know wanting to have met Dan one day or even were on podcasts with Dan multiple times he touched their lives from how many miles away it's it's just a very cool thing okay so I'm so grateful to our next messenger Mark Schreiner because I know how much he did for the Schmidt family in the wake of Dan's death. I know how much he helped Dan at Horizon and I know how much Dan loved to have him on the Destination podcast. And from what I've heard from the Schmidts and even Dan himself, Mark has been one of Dan's best friends over the past few years. And I'm I'm very happy that he's still around and I'm hopeful to have him on this show again next season. I'm Mark Schreiner. I've um, been a guest host a couple of times on Across the Airwaves, thanks to Dan. I met Dan through the Association of Horizon about four years ago. I was the team leader of the cabin that he was in the past three years. Dan has been one of my best friends for the last two or three years. Basically every day for the last year and a half, we would always talk almost every day online about different things going on, mainly with camp and with Across the Airwaves. Uh, How did Dan inspire me? This is only a minute or two, so I can't even begin to tell you the number of ways that Dan inspired me and continues to inspire me just by the way he lived, by the way he treated people, and by the things he did and the way he did them. And I think that kind of leads into my favorite memory of Dan. I was with Dan at camp that last full week. He inspired me with the way that he went about that week. Uh, He came up with the idea of the theme of Camp of Superheroes, and he came up with so many activities that I was lucky enough to help him put together for camp, uh, including the great 25-year anniversary retrospective video that Dan produced, and that was his baby, and I got to sit there and I got to watch him watch that video in front of 300 people, which was great to see because he, he, he managed to do it, and he managed to make a piece of work that was widely accepted 
and widely loved that he was happy with. And probably my favorite memory of that week, out of dozens of great memories, is going to be that when Dan was struggling because he was having a little bit of problems with his health, every time there was something going on and every time we had to do something, whether it was related to his health or when we did that that final Friday night uh, dinner, he looked at me and he said, with this steel resolve in his eyes, let's do it. Like a superhero, like the hero getting ready to do his a task that was difficult, that was challenging, but he was up to it. And Dan just simply said, let's do it. And every time he knocked it out, and when I came back to the cabin on Friday night, it had been a tough day and a tough night and a tough week. But Dan looked at me. There was a softness in there along with the steel resolve still. And he just simply said, Mark, it's all good. And I looked at him and I said, yeah. And he moved his head a little bit as much as he could. And he said, yeah, it's all good. And I said, Dan, I'll, uh, we can talk about it next week. And um, unfortunately, we never did. But he still managed to enjoy that week and that resolve and yet that warmth and that caring that he showed. That's always going to stick with me because that's what Dan was about to me, to have that drive no matter what. That's what Dan was really meant to me, and he really showed it to me, and he's, he provided an example that's always going to stick with me. So I knew I couldn't uh, summarize you in a minute or two, buddy, but thank you so much, and God bless you. God bless your family and your friends, and hopefully we can be the kind of hero that you were to so many of us. I love you, buddy. Much like James and Joshua said in their message, one of the beautiful things about the world today is that you can have friends and partnerships with people you've never been in the same room with. James and Joshua both mentioned that they had never met Dan face-to-face, and the same was true for Mark and I until Dan's wake and memorial service. Mark was a camp friend who returned to camp after I had stopped going, and thus we had never been to camp at the same time, but shared many of the same experiences because of how special camp is for everyone who attends. I'm so disappointed that it was not until after Dan's death that Mark and I were able to meet, despite having talked many times online and on many episodes where Mark was great enough to fill in or add another perspective, especially keeping Dan and I honest on our whole Oliver and Felicity thing last season. Uh, Thank you so much, Mark, and you are always welcome to come on the DC Nation with Michael and I. Yeah, absolutely. Up next, we have Dan's cousin, Kristen, and I don't know if I've ever actually met her or not, but like I said, after Colin's voicemail, it's very cool to hear from someone who knew Dan in a very different setting than most of us here on ATA did, Uh, especially Dan is a very young kid, which is very cool. So take it away, Kristen. Hi, my name is Kristen, and Dan was my cousin. I was six and a half years older than him. All of my memories really come from when Danny and I were children. Talkative Danny and I spent many holidays together in Grandma's cold, moldy basement playing board games as we were trying to make the holidays go faster without video games. We spent many sleepovers together and went to McDonald Land, mini golfing, swimming, parks, anywhere we could go to. And then, of course, as we got older, you know, he got to be part of my wedding and watch my children grow and let my children climb all over his wheelchair and be kind to them just like he was to everybody else. And what's going to inspire me the most from now on is keeping Dan's strength and his ability to be kind and positive, even though he might have been hurting inside or wasn't given the life that everyone else had. He was always that light for us, knowing that he was positive and happy with what he had 
had and did the best with every situation. Yeah, it was so great to hear about Dan as a little kid having fun with his cousin at grandma's house. I know how important family was to Dan and there were so many times we had to reschedule recording sessions because a spontaneous family gathering happened. So I'm so glad we got to hear from Kristen about her memories of Dan and especially the one about them playing over at grandma's house. Yeah, that sounds like it would have been an interesting experience. (laughs) Yeah. So this next lady has a very special place in my heart. Up next is Jennifer Petty, who just happens to be my mother. She loved Dan very much. And like I mentioned earlier, she even babysat him when he was young and still running around. My mom never really listens to this podcast, but she's always supported Dan and I and everything else that Dan's been involved in our endeavors. And I'm so thankful for all the times that she's let me stay out late just so that Dan and I could host a live show, watch Smallville or even just so that I could have another hour with him because what I wouldn't kill for another one at this point in time. So uh, take it away, mom. Hi, this is Jennifer Petty, and I'm calling about Dan. I have known Dan since Dan was born. Dan um, was in our wedding. Dan was one of Michael's best friends, and Dan was just an incredibly bright, smart, caring, loving, happy-go-lucky guy. He always loved tell stories. Dan always knew what he was doing. He never questioned. He never thought twice about it. He was just going to go for it. One of my favorite stories is Dan was the ring bearer in our wedding, and I walked down the aisle, and Dan was supposed to walk down the aisle after the wedding coordinator grew something up and Dan wasn't in the order that he originally was told he was in. Dan was so upset because he didn't want to walk down the aisle in the wrong order. That was Dan at four or five and that character trait remains until the end. Always organized, always wanting to please, always wanting to do the right thing. The Schmidt family, who I have known for a very long time, they do have done more things for Dan than any parent I have ever known to do for a child. And not only was he a blessing to them, but they were a huge blessing to so many others that watch what parents really should be. So Dan, you've done great. And we know, Lord, that he has touched so many and we're grateful for that. And so tonight, Lord, uh, tonight, Dan, we send you off and we know, Lord, that you are going to continue the legacy that Dan started. So blessing to each and every one of you. Yeah, that that was a great message from your mom, Michael. I I really couldn't add much to it. So all I'll say is that was, was, was great hearing from her. And thank you so much, Jennifer, for calling. Next up is Sarah Hoppy, who was a longtime friend of Dan's from MDA and later Horizon Camp. Sarah and all her sisters were favorites of Dan and mine at camp, and I know Dan loved talking Harry Potter, comic books, and television shows with Sarah. You'll hear Sarah talk about what a great friend Dan was and gives an example where he stayed on the phone with her for three hours to make sure she didn't fall asleep at the wheel on a long trip to Iowa when she needed a friendly ear to help her sort out her life. Here's Sarah's message. Hi, this is Sarah Hoppy. I'm calling Sleepless About Dan. I met Dan at MDA camp many years ago, and we became really fast friends talking about Harry Potter and comic book characters and everything in between the different fandoms that we shared. Dan inspired me by always going out of his way to befriend uh, everybody, especially the quietest people in the room, the shyest people. He always found something that he'd have in common with them and could have a conversation no matter what. My favorite memory about Dan, or really just any of our long conversations, but especially this one time when I made this really crazy middle-of-the-night drive to go to Iowa, I think to colleges, and turned my life around and started to get sleepy, and so I called Dan, and he kept me company uh, on the phone and awake for about two hours, and I'm sure he was tired too, and but he just talked to me and helped me figure out what I was going to do with my life before I ended up deciding to move away to Puerto Rico, and he will always mean, you know, so 
much to me, and he was the best friend I ever could have asked for, and I'll miss him for the rest of my life. And that's it. So thank you guys for doing this. I can't wait to hear the podcast. You guys rock. Thank you so much. Bye. I remember when Sarah and I actually got to meet at the wake and she was talking to us about how Dan was doing that three hour phone call with her <laughs> so she didn't fall asleep at the wheel. And that has also got to be one of my favorite Dan stories. I mean, that's just, again, such a testimony to who he was. And she's very right. Dan stood up for everybody no matter what. And even when him and I had disagreements or when he was disagreeing with anyone over anything, family, friends, co-podcasters, whoever, he was always willing to listen to the other side, which I always appreciated, even if he didn't agree. And regardless, he respected another point of view. And I was always very thankful for that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And a person who actually often gave Dan another point of view was our next caller, Jeff Jania, who's one of the very few camp friends of Dan that I did not personally know. Jeff and my time at camp did not overlap because he was at Horizon before I was there and then started coming back to camp after I had stopped attending. But I always appreciated Jeff's comments about Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, and I know Dan did too. I hope Jeff will continue to send his thoughts to us so we can still gain insight from his comments because they were instrumental in helping Dan script what he wanted to say because he always respected Jeff's input so much. And I, I thank you so much for that, Jeff. Yes, this is Jeff Tanya, and I'm calling in response to uh, the uh, Danship Tribute. I met Dan at Association of Horizon the Summer Camp uh, in 2013. Uh, it was my first year back. I've gone about years. Um, and uh, Dan had the cabin that I was assigned to. Dan inspired me by his dedication to uh, getting people with a, with uh, disabilities and able-bodied to get along and work together. Um, I thought that was really uh, great of him to want to do that. And my favorite memories um, about Dan is uh, at our summer camp uh, last year. Um, we had a, a theme that was medieval that Dan was pretty passionate about. And um, a buddy of mine tabled a costume uh, for Dan. And basically, he the uh, king of camp. And um, there was a costume for a good friend of his, Dana, who was in the camp. They were just an awesome pair together. And uh, were, I thought that was just a great moment uh, to see Dan and how, how happy he was um, with his camp. It was probably something I'll never forget. Take care. Bye. Gosh, there's so many awesome Horizon memories. I mean, in hindsight, I wish I had been more involved with Horizon in some form or another. He told me all about it, and I looked over his superhero stuff with him this past summer, but I never actually got that camp experience. But hearing about it has been so cool. I mean, and meeting so many awesome people from Horizon at Dan's Wake, Dana, Sarah, Mark, and uh, briefly Dave, was such a cool thing because there are all these people who Dan waited all year to see who he loved so much. And, you know, with all that effort he put into getting a film degree, he got to make his first big feature film for. And Nico I know you were involved with Horizon, and in some respects, I envy that experience a lot. Yeah, you know, I always regretted the fact that life got in the way of me attending camp, and then later attending Comic-Con and reporting for ATA tended to get in the way as well, because they tended to be the same week. But Dan always encouraged and even preferred sometimes that I headed to Comic-Con for an in-person perspective on our annual Comic-Con episode, but I always wished I was at camp. Now, this next voicemail is from someone I never met, and I didn't even really know about until I got the voicemail, but I'm so happy to hear Dan had her in his life, and she was such a great person. And that was Barb, who helped him when his parents were not able to be there, or they were doing things for Joey and Katie and didn't get home in time to help Dan with his needs. They could call Barb and she would come. I loved hearing from this next person, Barb, who was Dan's nurse and friend. Hi, my name is Barbara, and I... I met Dan several years ago. Dan needed a person in the evenings to help him when his parents went out, and uh, I stepped into that role. 
I am a nurse, but I work with Dan in the evenings uh, just a few times a month. And what I remember most about Dan was he was sincere and just never judged anybody. He was never angry with his disease. He just showed everybody how inspiring it could be to be so strong. He was just an inspiration in the way he viewed other people, and he never said any unkind word about anybody. And he's just amazing guy. This voicemail is very cool. I mean, I didn't get to do a ton to help Dan physically, but and I've never really been equipped for that sort of thing, but I loved hearing from someone who did. Uh, I remember very vividly the first time I took the Schmidt van, just Dan and I, well, we went to go see a movie, as we often did, and Sherry asked me if it would be okay with me to drive Dan myself, and she didn't really ask us more. She told me if that's what I was doing, <laughs> so I was kind of terrified to drive that thing and be responsible for locking Dan in, but of course I said okay, and I basically white-knuckled the wheel the entire way there, and I remember I kept asking Dan if he was doing okay and how I was doing, and I think he got sick of me asking and basically just told me that I was doing fine. Honestly, I don't even remember what we, we saw that day. I just remember that experience because I was so freaked out at driving the stupid van. Yeah, I love that, Michael, because I know exactly what you mean about the fear and feeling of being un- unsure or nervous about the first time you drive that van. But Dan's parents loved it, as, as did Dan, when his friends would drive to his house, drop off their car and pick up the van and go out and do things outside the house. I think every time I went to Dan's, we never stayed at his house because I wanted to get him out of the house and head out to a movie or go to dinner or hang out away from home. His house and family was awesome. There's no doubt about that. But when we hung out, I wanted him to have as normal a time as we could have. And that meant ditching mom and dad and cutting loose. As I said, one time Zach, Dan, and I took the van and went on a weekend trip to Wisconsin. Or maybe it was only Rockford and it just felt like we were driving for hours. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, up next is one of the people Dan would always talk to him about, and that is Dana Wesley. She was one people he cared most for in the world, which is awesome, and he always wanted us to meet. But unfortunately, he never actually got to introduce us, although we did get to meet his way, which was a very great experience. He even based one of his graphic novel characters off her, which is great too. She was his queen of the throne at Horizon and his hawk girl, and hardly anyone made him happier. So up next is Dana. This is Dana Wesley. The story about how Dan and I first met is actually pretty funny. It was at Camp Horizon in 2009. Dan was sitting with a group of a couple other guys outside of the lodge and somebody called me over and was like hey this is Dan this is his first year at Horizon and his knees are getting really badly sunburned would you mind putting some sunscreen on him and so being the helpful attendant that I was I said yes so the first time Dan and I met I helped him protect his knees from UV rays and I wouldn't do that for just anybody I I looked at his big blue eyes and I knew that oh okay, this is a a pretty good guy. So that's how Dan and I first met at camp. How did Dan inspire me? Oh, Dan inspired me in so many ways. I would have to say mostly just being true to yourself. Dan always followed his passions and he always tried to include other people in his passions too. He, He wasn't selfish. He was always thinking about other people. He wanted to carry out his dreams, but also introduce people to the things that he was excited about and get them excited and involved in it too. And that's something I really admired about him. He was always thinking about other people and how he could bring the things that he loved and brought him so much joy to other people and to give them joy too. 
I would say that my favorite memory with Dan, well, that's really hard. It would have to be my favorite memory with Dan is definitely at Camp Horizon, our coronation ceremony. He totally surprised me that year. It was the year that camp was medieval times themed. And so, of course, him and I just went crazy with the Game of Thrones aspect of that. And we were crowned king and queen of Horizon. And Dan totally shocked me planned this amazing ceremony with the attention to detail and nerdy inside jokes that only Dan could include. And that just made me feel so special. And, you know, he he would do that for any of his friends. He was an amazing person that wanted to make others feel good and happy. And that's my favorite memory of Dan. Dana was probably Dan's best female friend from all his years at camp, and one of the people that most made him feel special. She was his longtime friendship dinner date, his queen of horizon, and his partner in fighting crime. Dan worked very hard each year to come up with a partner's costume so he and Dana could blow everyone else away at camp. And from all the photos, you know they did just that every year. Oh, and that person who called Dana over to put sunscreen on Dan's legs that sparked it all off? Yeah, that was me. His trusty wig. Man, I always tried to introduce him to pretty girls, but you know, it was Dan's winning personality that kept them around for the long haul. That's so funny, Nico. I had no idea it was you who introduced them. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So up next is JD Petty, who is my dad, who has a special place in my heart as well. And I love that story that my mom and dad have been telling, or my dad's going to tell, but my mom already told about a young four or five year old Dan who was a ring bearer in their wedding. I just think it's hilarious because he never really seemed to change. He was mad then because something was told to him one way and it occurred another way. And even in the past year, he would get mad if that kind of situation happened him with something else. It's very funny to see how some people are so consistent their whole lives. And that was definitely Dan. Hi, this is JD Petty. And um, I'm answering the question about Dan. And I met Dan uh, through my wife's family. And the, the Schmidt were uh, good friends of, of Jenny uh, Petty and wife, her family. And so I, I knew him since he was a little little guy. And so I've known him ever since. And I, I would say that the, the inspiration that Dan had for me, like he for so many people, was the fact that uh, he was never in a bad uh, it didn't seem like anything ever phased Dan. I that that was something that uh, I think inspired every single person. Probably knew him. Just always in a great, uh, great mood. I never saw him in a bad one. And uh, I tell you, it's it just uh, the attitude that he had. I think was an inspiration for everybody. So, and I think in many ways, Dan was everybody's superhero because of that. And that was just something that was special. Just not many people do that. And I, I think my favorite memory about Dan, probably he, he must have been about five, and it was in my wife and I's wedding. Dan was the ring bearer, and I can remember Danny and his little tuck and bringing the ring down and I just I, I'll just it's just a moment that I that always stick with me and when I think of him and I I'll never forget that and I, I have a feeling my wife probably is going to say that as well but uh, that's just something that always sticks into me he was just this little guy maybe five and, it, it, and uh, I'll never forget it it was a special moment thank you I love that both your mom and dad Michael mentioned Dan being the ring bearer in their wedding and your dad even mentioned he imagined your mom would probably say the same thing which she did which was perfect that was great next up is going to be our last voicemail of this podcast and I saved this last voicemail to be the last one because I wanted to single someone I ever only knew as Elisa Lee who was one of the first fans we ever had 
who contacted us on a regular basis and sent us great voicemails. She came on our live shows and even joined us live on one show as a guest host. I wanted to thank her and give her the honor of closing out the show because I know how much Dan appreciated her comments and voicemails over the years. So thank you, Elisa Lee. Yeah, amen to that, Nico. I mean, Elisa Lee is a perfect example of the longtime listeners and even new listeners who have been so supportive of Cross Arrows these last six years. I mean, through two iterations of DC Nation, Tangent Time, Marvelverse, Retro Reviews, Longbow Hunter, 007 Tribute, which only lasted one episode, Helicarrier, and all the other specials and uh, Road 2 shows that we've done over the years. I mean, all of our listeners, specifically Elisa Lee here, have been there. And I just wanted to say on behalf of Dan, myself, and the rest of the ATA Corps, thank you for making his dream building a podcast and giving people a voice uh, of sharing with the world his thought on any subject. Thank you for making those dreams crew. And we are so grateful for all of you guys. And we can't thank you enough for your continued support as we continue ATA in fall. But until then, take it away, Elisa Lee. Wrap us up. Hi, Michael. This is Elisa Gossage. I just wanted to call in concerning uh, the Dan Schmidt tribute. Well, I can't I would. And I just wanted to talk to you a minute about what he meant to me as far as uh, a fan and just as a general human being. I first heard about Dan, I think through you when we were, you know, I think I met you first. We were the Smallville podcast. And I think, and that's when I first met you and Wu. And through you two, that's when I first started to listen to Dan Miss on the Crocky Airways. He was inspired by Steve Glosson and Derek Russell. And he allowed that inspiration to form and shake him in new management of across the airwaves. And that was a very inspiring watch. He is somebody who rose above a lot of adversity to follow his dream. And that's awesome. I thought that was something that inspires everybody. You know, we all have handicaps, I guess. Not as bad as Dan. But to watch him follow his dream and to follow his passion, which was television and writing, is something that I was very honored to part of, even for just a small time. Um, I appreciate that y'all had me on the air talk about some of my passions very briefly. Uh, I wish I could have been more involved, got to know him even more. Um, circumstance didn't allow for that, but I did enjoy listening to him and Nico every week on Across the Airwaves and talking about the TV shows, Doctor Who, and Game of Thrones, all that fun stuff. He was somebody who was very kind and very and very involved with the, the you know the community that he was engaged back. He was someone who he realized he needed help to do what he did, and he was someone who was bold enough to allow people to help him follow his dreams. And he also gave back. He did fundraisers, help others who were happy and needed help to follow their dream. And I always admired for that. He was just fun to look to. Him and Nico were a good team. And he inspired, I think he inspired other people just like Steve and Derek inspired him. And they started out small and built and got bigger. And, and it's a shame that um, he died so young. I, you know, he, he accomplished a lot, though. And I think his family and friends should be very proud of him. I know I was very proud to know him. And um, I don't know what else there is to say. I'm very sorry, Michael. I know he was a good friend of yours and Nico's. And I just pray you guys will find comfort in his family, too, his um, immediate family. I hope they'll find comfort, too. I'm sorry I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys in a while. But I do want you to know that you are in my prayers. And I enjoy listening to you just as much as I enjoy listening to Eric and Steve and all the others. You're a part of the podcast family. And I hope you guys continue on with Across the Airways. I don't know what you plan, but I think it would be a shame if it was not to continue. And I think you would want to. It was a, a dream of his, and he followed it. And I think it should be something that should be an ode to him, uh, Dan, and that the dream doesn't have to end in death, you know. But anyways, um, thank you for let, giving me a chance to say something. I really appreciate that, and God bless all of you. And we'll see him again one day. So the separation isn't forever. Remember that. God bless, and I 
hope uh, to catch you across the airwaves. Bye. Okay. Those are all the voicemails we have this week. Thank you so much to everyone that sent in a message. And for those that missed the opportunity, please feel free to send us a message. We'd love to hear them. The family would love to hear them. And we may even be able to get them into the listener feedback of the next episode. But now we'll head into the closing. This week's episode, again, was something completely different from our usual format. And I hope everyone enjoyed all the great stories about Dan and got a sense of just how special he was and maybe even got to know a little more about him beyond his keen analytical mind that discussed TV and comics every week on the shows of the podcast. We will still be off for a few more weeks until the majority of fall TV shows come back, at which time Marvelverse will return with Nikki, Wu, and possibly others continuing on with their discussions on all things Marvel. Michael and I will be continuing the DC Nation podcast with help from Steve, who will be joining us weekly for our Gotham discussion as Michael and I will continue to cover Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and DC Legends, along with some first looks at Powerless and possibly Krypton when it airs on Sci-Fi. I'm still finalizing the plan for the Across the Airwaves flagship show, so unfortunately we will miss the first Fear the Walking Dead episode this week, but we'll double up after that, and because of the tragic loss of Dan, we were unable to do our annual Comic-Con episode. But Nikki, Wu, and Steve will cover some of that on a special Marvelous episode that will be released soon. But for now, one last time, Dan, roll that pre-recorded closing. Get at our Across the Airwaves website. You can check out our other podcast shows, including the DC Nation podcast, located at its own website, dcnation.acrosstheairwaves.com. Get at the iTunes store, which reviews the TV shows Gotham, The Flash, Garrow, Supergirl, Gun Legends of Tomorrow. Get if you want reviews on Marvel Comics-related content, such as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cajun Carter, Marvel's Netflix shows, get the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, check out the podcast, hosted by Nikki A.B., get myself, known as the Marvelverse Podcast, located at Marvel. Marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairwaves.com. Again, that's Marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairwaves.com. Again, you can also check out this podcast in the iTunes store. In addition to these programs, check out Thronescast. Our podcast hosted by Nico, Nikki, and myself, dedicated to reviewing episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones, which is available at the website Thronescast.acrosstheairwaves.com. Or on iTunes. Again, you can send us your thoughts Got each Game of Thrones episode by emailing us at Thronescast.gmail.com, tweeting us at Thronescast. Again, that's at Thronescast, leaving us a voicemail at 773-809-3363. Again, that's 773-809-3363. Or by posting on our Facebook page, located at facebook.com slash Thronescast. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation podcast, Thronescast, a Game of Thrones podcast, and the Marvelverse podcast, on the Mix Internet radio station, called by Jack Stifle, Stitcher Radio, or if you use Apple devices, download the Podcast Box app. Because if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our apps for the Amazon Marketplace. Because the Windows Marketplace has a regular Windows phone app. Because for how you can contact us to give your own insight on the TV shows we review, provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast listening experience, or just to say you like what we're doing, email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Comment on our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at Across the Airwaves. God, there's no the there. It's just Across the Airwaves. Join our circle on Google+. Plus. Or leave us a voicemail at 773-809-3363. God, that's 773-809-3363. Come with also recommend that you check out our YouTube page, which features trailers for upcoming movies, got television events, such as Avengers Age of Ultron, Batman vs. Superman, got Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Along with this content, the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels from past Comic-Cons, and will be a great source to find videos coming out of Comic-Con 2015 this summer. 
Okay, so once again, for our other ATA podcast hosts, Nikki, Amy, Wu Kim, Joshua Mercray, Steve Nostro, James Heffel, and Mark Schreiner, I'm Nico Reistek. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until our next episode, we'll catch you on the airwaves. See you guys, and thanks for joining us and remembering my buddy and your favorite host, Dan Schmidt. Zero out, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely. Out in space on such a timeless flight. Now return to our regularly scheduled program.